Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Well, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. My last week was a bit of a gong show. I think I may have mentioned that my husband and I went to Santa Fe to escape the blazing hot summer in Austin. And we got up there and had to pretty much turn around and come back a couple of days later. And we were supposed to be up there. We rented places to be up there for at least 14 days. Apparently, our dog, our senior pug, who has a heart murmur, which we knew about, it was being monitored. Apparently, she can't do elevation or altitude anymore because she started having seizures and almost went into heart failure. So PSA, if you have a dog with a heart murmur, do not take them to altitude. And who knew that Santa Fe was so high up there to begin with? So our vacation was a bit of a bust, but all is well because my dog is still healthy and with us and we almost lost her. So I'm happy that um, that had a happy ending. And here we are back in Austin and I'm here with you this week with something that is very near and dear to my heart. So sometimes my intuition nudges me to share certain ideas. They just sort of come to me because I don't know who it is or what it is, but the universe knows somebody's listening and needs to hear it. So this is one of those podcasts. And I want to say right off the bat that it is shared from a place of absolute knowing and compassion because this has been my experience for most of my life. So I'll preface this by starting off with a question. You know that thing that you've been wanting to do, but you haven't done it because you're not sure if you can pull it off? You know that thing? If you're nodding your head right now, then I need you to hear what I'm about to say with the most love and compassion that I can possibly offer. If you have a goal, a dream, a desire that you have been putting off and putting off and putting off, you might as well give up right now. Because the motivation to get started, the assurance that it will all work out, and the clarity of what is the next step for you to take, it isn't coming. You will always be in this state of procrastination. Why? Because the only other options you have are to do the thing, to quit intentionally, or wait to fail. Personally, I'm here to gently nudge you in the direction of doing the thing, but if you're not willing to do that, then I wholeheartedly encourage you to consider quitting with intention. Because waiting to fail builds a destructive pattern where self-doubt overpowers you at every turn, and it just gets worse and worse. It's a muscle that builds strength. Imagine a life where you are too scared to try anything. Imagine what that life would mean for you and for your kids and the message you would send to them. It would keep everything very small. And while that might feel safe, you know, to stay small, it's a false sense of safety because it doesn't protect you from life's curveballs. Shit's still going to hit the fan. It's just going to make it harder to handle 
when you're small all the time and you're just so afraid to move forward. So why do we wait to fail? Why do we start things and then drop them when it gets complicated or hard? Why do we say we're going to do the thing, buy all the stuff to do the thing, but then never actually do the thing? Is it fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of losing everything? Maybe. But rarely are those fears really founded because at the end of the day, we all know nobody really cares what you're doing. They're all focused on themselves. And rarely we, do we desire to do anything that is so potentially destructive that we would lose everything in the process. Instead, what I find for most of my clients, and again, I speak from personal experience, is that deep down, we hold a belief that we can't have what it is we want. And no matter how much we say we want it or we desire to have it, we truly don't think it will happen for us. Deep down, that's what we believe. So we don't let ourselves have it. And let me explain how that happens. Let's say you're a lawyer or an investment banker, but you want to leave your current career to open a bakery. When I ask you how badly you want it, you say, oh my God, I want it so badly. It will be just such a dream come true. Baking is a passion and creating fun, beautiful spaces has always been on my heart. I would love to do that more than anything else. I say, that sounds great. So will you do it? And then you pause and you say, well, I don't know. And after some probing, we uncover the other beliefs that conflict with your belief about your dreamy bakery. Beliefs like it would be crazy to give up a lucrative career for something so risky. You don't know if you'll be any good at it or if it will succeed. And somewhere deep in the back of your head or your heart, you're not sure you can pull it off. Meanwhile, your reticular activating system, which is the gateway of information to the brain from the subconscious to the conscious, only takes in your strongest held emotions. And of those two beliefs, number one being the belief that you really want it, and number two being the belief that you really can't have it, which one do you think is the stronger belief? If you guess number two, you are absolutely right. No matter how much you feel passionate about it and desire it and dream it and think about it, your brain is way more committed to keeping you safe than happy. So the emotional weight of option number two will always outweigh your passion and desire. Know this. Now, why does this matter? Because your reticular activating system, or RAS for short, is the connection between your conscious and subconscious mind. It's the reason why when we decide to buy a certain car, we only start seeing them all over the place at that point. Or, you know, we have one political opinion and we only see evidence that that is the right opinion when we turn on the TV or turn on the internet. Our brain is picking it up automatically. So when you believe that you're not going to achieve a dream, no matter what the reason behind it is, your brain will pick up everything it needs to support that idea. Let me give you a little story, a little personal story from my background that is so apropos with this whole situation. Back in 2007, I started a blog. I loved this thing. It was called The Skeptic Yogi, and I had so much fun writing it. In some ways, it well, in a lot of ways, it changed my life because I was writing about my journey into yoga after my mom had passed away. And I had actually decided at one point to give up my job, give up my U.S. visa, give up my apartment in California, sold all my stuff, and move to India to learn how to teach yoga from the masters. This is a true story, guys. 
So all the while I kept blogging and eventually I came back to the States realizing that I didn't want to teach yoga, but I kept writing because I loved it. I wanted so badly to make blogging my career at the time, but it really wasn't a thing back then. So I ended up shifting through various different other careers because, you know, ADHD, all the while keeping my blog on the side. Now, that blog has changed a lot from its first iteration. It went from yoga to lifestyle to food to fashion. And fashion is something I have no business writing about. And then finally, I landed on fitness. Over time, the blogging industry also continued to grow and evolve. And many possible career opportunities came from blogging. I saw so many of my blogger friends that were once small and scrappy like me start to grow. They hired teams. They got big brand deals. And I tried to grow too, but I never really got much traction. I'd stop and I'd start. I'd get frustrated and shut it down, only to fire it up a few weeks later. I couldn't shake the desire to blog, and I was so passionate about it. I took all the blogging courses. I followed all the how-tos, but I wasn't getting the results I needed to make it my full-time career. And that was incredibly frustrating. Every January, I'd set this lofty goal that by the end of the year, I was going to quit my job so that I could blog full-time. And every year, the blog just kept bumping along with no signs of being a sustainable business. Now, fast forward today, and I still have that blog. It's called The Fit Habit, in case you didn't know. And I also have another blog that is just strictly dedicated to my ADHD coaching work. Did I ever become a full-time blogger? Well, yes and no. Today, I work as an entrepreneur full-time and blogging is a piece of that as part of my marketing strategy. And it's also part of my revenue. I do make revenue from my blog and it makes up probably like a quarter of my total revenue right now. And I'm sure if I wanted it to, it could make up even more. So while I wouldn't necessarily call myself a quote unquote blogger, it is something that I do. Today's bloggers are often known as content creators across a number of different platforms. And it's a very viable career for anyone who's willing to work their tail off. But I'm also a coach, and that's the bigger part of my business. So while this might sound like a success story where the punchline is to just never give up, it's actually not. Do I think that I'm a success now? Yes, but it has nothing to do with my dream of blogging. The reason I'm a success now, but I wasn't then, came down to one very simple difference. Back then, I held a conflicting belief that it probably would never happen for me, and that belief sabotaged me again and again. You see, for years, I wanted to be a blogger, and I was so passionate about it, but deep down, I had this little voice that just kept telling me, it's never going to work, and that belief dominated every effort I made to become a full-time blogger. I kept thinking, this isn't going to happen for me. Nobody really cares what I have to say. No brand is ever going to invest in me. This is just a fun little hobby, but I really need to have a real job to pay the bills. This will never be my real job. And as a result, it never was. Can you relate to this? Can you see how holding such a strong, conflicting belief is always going to hold you back from any amount of real progress. Your reticular activating system is literally scouring your existence, looking for evidence that your strongest, aka worst, belief is real. So the only difference I have today that I didn't have then is that I have this deep knowing that I can do this. Both blogging, my ADHD coaching, my life coaching, all the content work that I'm doing, the stuff that I'm doing on YouTube, the stuff that I'm doing here on my podcast, 
no shadow of a doubt. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. I'll always be learning and developing and growing my audience. But there's not a one iota of question that I can't pull this off. <laughs> and so how did I get rid of this conflicting belief? Yo, for me, it was coaching and therapy. And that's because I was raised by immigrant parents who worked very hard, but had very little education. And if you come from a similar situation, you know that immigrant parents want safety and predictability for their kiddos. So it's very much instilled in the culture of your family. However, I am going to leave you with some ideas to help you ponder this idea for yourself. And I mean, step one is realizing that this is possibly what's holding you back. So I would invite you to do some really deep reflection. Sometimes it's hard to verify this idea of conflicting belief because the conscious desire to have what you want is really strong. It's palpable. And the unconscious or subconscious belief that you can't have it can be very subtle or you may not want to admit it to yourself. However, if this topic is resonating with you, that's probably a good indication that you've got a strong conflicting belief to uncover. And as much as you can, do your very best to identify what that negative belief is. Is it your parents' values that you're holding on to? Is it fear that your dream is ridiculous or it will never work? Can you find evidence to the contrary? Remember the idea of the lawyer and the eye banker quitting their jobs to become bakers? Well, that's exactly what Warren Brown, the founder of Cake Love, and Candace Nelson, founder of Sprinkles, did. And they're pretty darn successful. So once you know what your conflicting belief is, ask yourself, how would things be different if you didn't have that belief? Who would you be? How would you approach this goal or desire if you held the belief that you could absolutely do it? Or even if you held like a neutral belief that you're not sure if you could do it, but you're willing to try, what would your reticular activating system be looking for in your environment instead of that evidence of failure? Would you be able to channel your energy and focus into more productive directions if your belief was aligned to success? And are you willing to let that conflicting belief, the negative one, go? Sometimes even using different language when you talk about it can be a powerful shifter because your brain hears what you're saying to yourself. So instead of talking about your goals and dreams as maybes or I hope, use words like I am or I intend or I am doing blah, blah, blah. You know, like use affirmative words that will help you align better to that goal. But really, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of self-exploration to uncover here. And if you struggle to unlodge beliefs by yourself, that was definitely the issue for me, then that's where coaching or therapy can really lean in and help you get to the other side of it, where, you know, you actually have the alignment of beliefs in yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to have 100% belief in everything that you do. And I'm also, I hope I don't come across as very Tony Robbins in the sense that, you know, you got to believe it to see it. It's, it's, it is that, but there is neuroscience there. It's very subtle. And we can rah, rah, rah our way into momentary motivation. But if that limiting belief still conflicts with your dream, it will always hold you back. It will hold you back looking for the evidence that it's not going to work. And when that happens, you start making choices 
that don't align to the success. So for example, in my blogging career, yes, I took all these courses and stuff like that. It was very safe to do that. Procrastinate learning, it's called. But did I ever, you know, quit my job and burn the boats? No. Actually, I did try that one time and it still didn't help because I always knew at the back of my head that this isn't going to work for me. So I was writing from that place. I was showing up from that place of an imposter of somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And somebody's going to point at them and say, she doesn't know what she's doing or who am I to do this? And until I was able to let go of that, then it was never going to happen for me. And why is it different for me now? Because I still do have those, those limiting beliefs sometimes, not in my career anymore. And that was like a huge hurdle. It took me 52 years to get here, guys. But I still have another years of my life. The reason I don't feel it in my career now is that I have shifted into a topic that is 100% in alignment with me. I still talk about health and fitness and, and lifestyle, but it's through the lens of ADHD because I have it and that's not going away. And I want to advocate for it. And I want to be there for other folks that have it as well, because I think you guys are amazing and I want us all to thrive. We're neurodivergents living in a neurotypical world and we need to raise our voices so that we're no longer trying to be square pegs and round holes. We just need some square holes to fit ourselves into. <laughs> and I want to be making square holes in the world. So that is why this no longer feels scary to me. And I'm willing to show up and be a little messy because I know my heart's coming from this place, from a place of wanting to serve and help. And those words never resonated with me as much as they do now. This is as much about figuring out your why as it is about believing that you can do the thing. Coming back to that original idea, it may not necessarily be that you don't think you could do the thing. It might be that you don't really want to do the thing. And the idea of doing the thing is very attractive. And that's where your desire and passion is coming from. But maybe it just needs to be tweaked a little bit, or maybe it's not the thing. There's a reason there. And again, that's why I, I encourage folks to quit with intention rather than just bumping along, believing that at some point, you know, the universe is going to hit you on the head with a rock and everything's going to be clear. So with that, I want to close this episode today with a poem that I came across that, oh my gosh, it just hit me and I hope it does for you too. It's by Martha Potsilwait. I hope I said that right. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forests of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worthy a rescue. I don't know about you, man, but that touches me in a place that most poetry doesn't. So that's what I've got for you today. I hope it touched you. I hope it gave you some food for thought. Group coaching registration, y'all, it is coming up. I'm opening it on August 15th, which is a Monday. So if you are not on the VIP list where I will be sending the information out to everyone so they can look at it, decide whether or not the opportunity is for them, you want to get on it because this is the only time I will be doing a beta version live. So it's going to be amazing. You're going to be with me and a bunch of like-minded women and it will be at a reduced cost because this is my first time running it, but it is awesome. And if you have something that you want to shift from distraction 
and that sense of procrastination into action, this is the group for you. So on that note, I'm going to sign off. Thank you again for listening, guys. Please join me on YouTube under my name, Karen with a C, McGill. And thanks again for listening, guys. I will talk to you next Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.